Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answers Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answers Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. Uh, she is the editor of several newsletters, one called Game Changers, another one called Breakout Stocks Under $5 a Share, and High Actane Stocks. And she's also the uh, author of a new book called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. Welcome to the show, Hillary. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's just start with a little bit of your background for people who may not be familiar with you and your uh, what, how you got to become the editor of this newsletter and a little bit of your, your background. I am a traditional money manager, long, short hedge fund. I managed over $5 billion. When I say long, short, I bet against companies and I bet with companies. Uh, and ultimately, the majority of the money that I made came from betting that companies would succeed. Growth companies, beaten down companies, uh, companies that uh, for macro reasons had potential. And I, in, I was a money manager from the beginning of my career uh, in 1993 until 2004, and um, at that point in time, I actually uh, decided to write a book, wrote my first book, then went back into money management with a hedge fund, then wrote my second book, and decided that a great way to reach investors would be through a newsletter where that's the new paradigm today, is, is letting those out there make their own decisions. Indeed. So you start your book uh, basically saying that uh, the individual investor has an edge over Wall Street, uh, particularly in the world of low-priced stocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people would think the opposite. Wall Street has all these fancy research people, and how can me, the little guy, possibly get an edge on Wall Street? So how is that that the little guy can have an edge on Wall Street in low-priced stocks? Uh, Wall Street tends not to cover low-priced stocks. Wall Street has a bias against uh, low-priced stocks, even anything under $10. They tend to shy away from for a variety of reasons. Very often, uh, there might not be this amount of liquidity. A stock has fallen back. If it's under $10, there's been issues around a company, and there's a lot more incentive to recommend the big caps and some of the um, larger mid-cap multi-billion dollar stocks. And that's not to say that stocks under $5 or under $10 aren't multi-billion dollar stocks. You just have to look at Bank of America and Sirius to see that. Uh, but you as an investor have the ability to see better than Wall Street because the research just isn't there and there's an incentive for Wall Street not to have you invest in those companies. What's been happening with research lately? Uh, have there been a lot of cutbacks? 
on Wall Street. Yeah, so the what, smaller what, companies what are excellent question. One one of my you know biggest concerns on Wall Street um, for those that are looking towards Wall Street to give information and guidance is that research is to be because it was a very profitable area. Implicitly, implicitly in a bank, there was um, a lot of compensation, incentive for the best analysts out there. And that's not to say there aren't some amazing research analysts, because that's one of um, the great, you know, that's what we all strive for, is to figure out who is great out there, and there are some. But Wall Street has cut back on the on the quality and certainly the quantity of research that they're out there providing. Uh, much of the research, you'd be surprised, but do you know it comes out of India, and it'll get the stamp of approval of a research analyst? So it's not surprising today. You get a research analyst who's a phenomenal, great, well-respected research analyst, but he ends up covering... 20 or 25 companies, and he's depending on a team that's um, halfway around the world to give him his numbers and to help support him. So even some of the best have um, a lot of downside, and there's a lot of um, risk-taking that's going on. Now, one good thing about research today, of course, is that Walter's producing research um, now with much better of a Chinese wall. We remember the days of Jack Grubman, a telecom analyst, right. who, uh, who traded... Uh, um, uh, an upgrade uh, to his stock in exchange for uh, getting his son into a nursery school. So yeah. much of that has stopped, but the quality just isn't there, whereas um, an individual investor, depending on what you do with your life, you have the ability to know if there's some potential to a company. You might be in sales. You could be um, a retail salesperson. I have one one of my stocks is Casual Mail Retail Group. That is the chain of uh, men's stores for big and tall men, mainly for big men, really, when it comes to this country, because over 30% of us have um, these high BMIs that um, require, you know, larger clothing. And a store like Casual Mail Retail Group with no debt on its balance sheet, excellent cash flow that will come in at about $12.5 million this year, uh, free cash flow, that is. Uh, you know, it's just an excellent company with great potential as they continue to expand with a strategy of creating um, superstore malls with a variety of different brands and price levels, but you're not going to hear about it on Wall Street. But let's say you work in a mall. Maybe you see casual mail and the changes that are taking place. Maybe you shop at casual mail and you say to yourself, this is great. I like their, their website they've developed. I like the customer service. I've noticed I'm going there more often. I like the, the direct couponing that programs that they have in place. And that's how you can pick a great stock. So once you get these great stocks, if there's no research coverage and the big Wall Street mutual funds and so on are not really interested in them because they're too small and they're under $5 or under $10, how do they do well as stocks if nobody knows about them? I mean, the only people following them are those people who are reading your newsletter and kind of a relatively small number of people. Because the inefficiencies in Wall Street uh, in the market eventually are filled in. And that's where you can be ahead of yourself, and that's why you don't ever want to use leverage or margin up your account because you can't bet on timing, but you can bet on a company. And that over time, if it's a solid, strong growth story or a growth uh, and recovery story, you will make money. 
So ultimately, some private equity fund is going to turn around and say, gee, this is a great retail story. Or eventually the market will turn around and decide that there's an opportunity um, with, let's take something really controversial, Bank of America, um, and that this is not a company that's going under, this is not a company that's going to have significantly more dilution to shareholders, and that um, Bank of America will um, ultimately bounce back and recapture, I think, its golden title, maybe even, you know, from a Wells Fargo, uh, and be able to overcome the overhang of litigation. So what kind of a holding period do you typically have for the stocks you recommend uh, if you're you having to wait for them to kind of work out and get noticed, right? Yeah, I mean, generally, it could be in some of these 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 undiscovered growth stories, it could take as much as six months to 18 months could take, it could take two years. However, you have other stories, now this is not an under $10 stock, but under a $20 stock, like Research in Motion, RIM. RIM is now despised by investors. I don't think you're going to have to wait 12 months for RIM to be up 30 to 60% from here and get acquired. It's just not going mm-hmm. to be that long um, before the company, you know, goes in one direction or another. One direction potentially is that they launch, um, you know, successfully their new operating system in that BlackBerry 7 OS and that it does well uh, and that they're able to regain momentum, especially if someone else stumbles. The, I mean, they're there are 70 million BlackBerry users out there in this in this world, um, and um, BlackBerry actually doesn't have any debt. They have a very strong uh, balance sheet, in fact, with 1.4 billion in cash. So eventually, either they're going to have some success, and we'll see this um, a jump up in the stock, maybe 30 percent, or we will see the that uh, Research in Motion is acquired. And the bankers will kind of make a little competition, you know, amongst some of these big tech titans that are going to want, you know, Nokia, Microsoft, Amazon, that will want research in motion. And, uh, and, and you could see the company go for close to a double from where it is right now. So you're saying it's not only growth stocks. But uh, what you call fallen angels as well. I mean, that's Bank of America right. and Rim That's right. I mean, it's there. a real combination. That's the beauty of these smaller stocks. You have value plays uh, where companies just have great cash flow and, and terrific balance sheets, and there's some growth there, but it may not be in the double and triple digits. Uh, you have fallen angels, and those, of course, are your city groups and Bank of Americas, and, and companies like Hovnanian. I think we've made 60%, yeah, about 60% on, on Hovnanian. Um, we picked it up at about a buck fifty, and, and we're now in the, the low twos. It was about, at one point, almost two thirty this week, $2.30. That's a home, I mean, as a home builder. So we have these fallen angels, and then, of course, um, we have you know the bargain bin stocks, the ones that you know really just represent opportunities because they're just so damn cheap. How do you do the? the uh, you have a whole uh, section here on how to do the investigative work to find these stocks. In addition to 
subscribing to your newsletter, how, how should people figure out what stocks are good, these low-priced stocks? Well, you can be your own investigator. I used the example of, of if a person works in retail at a mall. If you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a technician in any way in a hospital, the opportunity to know what medications and what companies um, are providing the medical technologies and therapeutics that are most widely being used and adopted, you're way ahead of Wall Street on that. You know, it was interesting. Um, a uh, ophthalmologist was telling me all about Regeneron stock, R-E-G-N, end of December. It was about $52. What is it now? It's bumping up to $80, telling me about the price point, the efficiency. It gets injected once every two months instead of once a month. So I'm listening to this ophthalmologist with this whole story and um, about about Regeneron and their and their products for ophthalmology for macular degeneration. That's where you have the advantage over Wall Street because you can use your own experience and those of those around you to determine uh, where there's opportunity or where there isn't opportunity. You know, it's very tough to short a stock and even buying puts. If there isn't enough liquidity, the spread can be so wide, right? You can dry a truck yeah. through it, uh, but at least it can help you determine where not to be investing. Uh, Very good. Uh, we have to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. Uh, her new book is called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. Uh, she's also the editor of a newsletter called Game Changers, and we'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Is your business or organization operating as efficiently as it should be? There are five basic dynamics present in every workplace that can effectively derail any organization. Be sure to listen for What's Leadership Got to Do With It? with Rick Tiemann. Rick and his guests will discuss how you can manage these five dynamics and improve your leadership skills. Leaders that want a successful business can't afford to miss this program. What's Leadership Got to Do With It? is broadcast live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. She is the author of a new book called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. Uh, she also publishes a newsletter called Game Changers. Welcome back to the show, Hillary. Jordan, thank you. Uh, before we go further, maybe you should tell them your website uh, so they can find out more about the, the various new newsletters you offer. Oh, my website is GameChangerStocks.com. And for those of you that might be driving and not have a pen, just look up Hillary Kramer with a K, not a C, and you will be prompted right to GameChangerStocks.com. And maybe just briefly describe the three newsletters and how they're different uh, that you oh, offer at your with website. pleasure. Game Changer Stocks is a portfolio of the stocks that are the innovative technology drivers uh, in everything from uh, communications to um, traditional technologies and biotech uh, and, and, and across the board, including engineering and, and infrastructure. And um, don't have much clean technology there, but I look for the real opportunity companies that are going to be the the leaders going forward. Um, and and just to give you an example, we've had stocks as varied as uh, Panera Bread um, because it's so it was such an innovative concept in in fast food restaurant service and has grown you know tremendously for us. We just sold out of Panera. Um, at a nice profit to MMI Motorola Mobility. There we actually had a real home run because of their they were acquired by Google, as well as baby booming stocks, um, companies that are really um, you know they're um, in lockstep with the changes demographically that are taking place in this country. Uh, and then I have breakout stocks, which are stocks under ten dollars. Sometimes they might be under 20 if it's really a great opportunity there. Many of them are under $5 because of the 23% drop we've seen in the small cap index um, since July 23rd when the market first went south for us, you know, culminating with that S&P downgrade. Then my third newsletter, um, which in many ways to me is one of my most it is it is the most exciting part of my day um is our high octane stocks trading newsletter and there uh we are we are actively trading and have had you know incredible success since we launched the service only on July 1st 2011 that's going to make for more active traders the high octane stocks oh yeah absolutely it's and and the breakout is a nice you know the breakout stocks under ten dollars, um, that's also incredible an amazing opportunity to pick up companies that could really be doubles and triples. Um, a great example for those that might not be clear on on what a breakout stock would be you should just think about a company like Zales that we bought in November of two thousand and ten and then sold at over a hundred percent return uh, in April of two thousand and eleven. So, so Vale's the jewelry store. That would be one of our typical breakout stocks. So you have a chapter in your book called The Classic Under $10 Stock. So maybe just yeah. tell us the story 
of Darling International, not only in itself, but what people can learn from it as far as how they can identify uh, good quality stocks under $10. Oh, yes. And, and innovative in many ways. It's a game changer, too. Darling has been around since 1865, uh, based in Fort Worth, Texas, a, a rendering company. Originally, Darling, and Darling International, D-A-R is the ticker symbol, uh, was uh, a company that took the carcasses from um, the, the slaughterhouses and the meatpacking houses, took the carcasses, and turned them into fuel, fertilizer, dog food, uh, and ultimately Darling, which is still very much in that kind of business, um, started a, um, a line of trucking where, and you've probably seen maybe Darling International trucks that go around at night and pick up uh, French fry oil and the grease at uh, diners all over the country, restaurants all over the country, and that is converted into fuel. So there's a revenue stream that comes from both sides of the model. So the, the, the input costs are actually input gains because Darling is paid to pick up uh, the grease. And then they're paid for the fuel on the other side. So I first started buying Darling for our um, hedge fund. The stock was in the, in the mid-single digits, uh, $6 or so. And... Um, I um, you know, bought more as the stock dropped, and uh, now the stock is trading at 13.85, but was as high this year as 19.62. And you would still like it at this point? I still like Darling. Uh, however, I you know I do like doubles and triples. I think what you're going to have here, especially if we have you know a nice bull market run, will go from 13.85 you know to 20 dollars. I think you're going to see that again. Um, because there's some real value and it's a great run company, uh, but I wouldn't expect you know a hundred percent return here. The next chapter you have is what you say is the price is not just right; it's critical. So how do you know when the right price is to get into a stock that you're looking at, particularly the under ten dollar variety? Well, in in my case, I actually do look at um, you know valuation of a company and will try to determine. Um, looking at, you know, using traditional but basic metrics that are used in um, the analysis of stocks to try to determine, you know, relative relative valuation. Now, um, anyone who isn't even involved with stocks at all can take a look. You, know, you can go on to, to Google Finance, put the company in you're interested in. You could put in... Um, Edwards Life Sciences, for example, and then you'll see what the different P.E. ratios are and you'll see how much debt there is on a company and the margins, which is, you know, um, their percentages of um, profit, but they have the profit margin, what it costs them to, to run their business. And, and it'll give you a sense, you know, of that company. Of course, you're buying it because you see some potential there for growth and the upside side. And then uh, for someone like me that's an equity analyst, you know, I really will take a good look at, and do maybe a some of the parts analysis. You know, it's interesting, Jordan, I have a company in our portfolio called Fortress Investment Group. We call it FIG because that's the ticker symbol for Fortress, F-I-G. And FIG is a $44 billion hedge fund that includes private equity and 
credit funds and real estate and um, and when you take a look at Fortress and do I, I just recently did you know a traditional valuation on the company I found that you're you're paying for um, the the fees the percentage fees that are taken off at forty four billion dollars and you get for free two dollar you know here it is here it is a stock that's only trading let me tell you where fig is right now fortress is at three dollars and fifty five cents you get two dollars and eight cents of cash and uh, investments for free and in the valuation you're not even taking into account the fact that fortress gets twenty percent of any profit from any investments generally yeah. do well so that would be you know kind of a traditional back of the envelope valuation there are you looking for a catalyst to make it move i mean you can get a good quality company at a good price but it can sit there for a long time as well what what, what kind of things are you looking for as catalysts like in the case of fortress i'm looking for the market to come back as soon as the stock market returns and especially any kind of bottoming out in real estate and and when that bottom turns you know, I don't think we're quite there yet, but there's always those kind of expectations that will start to get built in. We're going to see a company like, like Fortress do well. Um, the consumer, as soon as you know, un- unemployment, which has already dropped, although I still feel that we have a, a very um, large underemployed percentage of this com- country, and we have unemployment in areas that never get even counted anymore. Um, but but even so, as the consumer has more money, you know, I'll see some of the retail companies like we have Wetfield, WTSLA, uh, you know, improve, um, and, and that stock price, you know, jump up. And then we have some other financials that are going to do very well. Um, but the catalyst there is we need a little bull market. We need, you know, we've had, Jordan, 12 years, 12 years where we've been below flat on the stock market, um, horrible, you know, really just, just, just horrible returns. Now, you know, it's impossible to get anything on your money. The minute we see the stock market, you know, start to improve and it looks like we might even have one strong year, never mind what next year will bring, we could have companies like one of my favorites, and I can go into more detail on it and hope I can with you, like Janice, um, the mutual fund company, JNS. Um, Janice has almost $180 billion of assets under management. This is mutual funds. They have fixed income now, which many people don't realize, um, institutional money management. A company like Janice is going to do better on all fronts as soon as the market comes back. I mean, it's truly tied to stock market performance. So you, so you are looking for catalysts mm-hmm. to turn things around. As a matter of fact, I would actually say that um, one, one of my favorite ways to invest is as a, um, a catalyst, a kind of a catal- combination of a catalyst and macro investor. So it's those those external forces I talked about, whether it be interest rates or consumer trends and unemployment and currencies, and then combining that with um, a catalyst that you know will make the stock move. Because, as a matter of fact, in my newsletter, everyone will find that 
I may go into some specificness on the on the company's financials, but I'll always tell you when I add a new company, what is the catalyst? Why am I adding this company today? Um, why do I feel that there's an upside opportunity? Yes, very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. Uh, she's the author of a new book called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. Uh, her website is GameChangerStocks.com. And we'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. Uh, she's the author of a new book called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. She's also the editor of three newsletters, Game Changers, Breakout Stocks, and High Octane Stocks. Welcome back to the show, Hillary. Thank you, Jordan. You have a whole uh, chapter on what you call fallen angel stocks. So maybe just describe briefly what that is and maybe an example from the past of a, a successful fallen angel investment and something you would like now. Oh, excellent. A Fallen Angel is a company that was once a high flyer. These are your city groups. I mentioned earlier, like a Sirius XM satellite. A Fallen Angel um, would be companies like Dendrian, DNDN, uh, and um, certainly you know, your home builders and many, many banks in addition to a city group and a Bank of America that are trading now, you know, many of which in the in the dollar and two dollar range. So these are these are the companies that were once um, beloved. You know, these are the Crocs that went all the way down to a dollar. Uh, that which you know, looking for the ones. And this is what I do with my newsletter: looking for the ones that will recover, that have the opportunity to come back. 
and be great comeback stories. So how do you know when it's going to turn around or go out of existence? I mean, some of these things not only fall, but disappear and go bankrupt, right? How do you know which is going to be successful and which isn't? Well, that is where my book comes in, and I explain, or or the newsletter where I do the work and tell you, you know, what stocks I think are coming back and which, you know, which fallen angels you should be looking at uh, buying, and I add to my to my portfolio, which everyone can follow along with. Um, so, you know, a company is going to come back when they're able to bring in new management, somehow introduce a new product or recover from um, any kind of um, uh, issue that brought them down in the first place. It might have been accusations of fraud. It might have been concerns of a heavy debt load, um, uh, market worries that, that the company was being leapfrogged and that there were new um that there were new technologies and businesses that would overtake um, the current one. Look at a company like Priceline. That's a great fallen angel story, PCLN, you know, that went down to a dollar and stayed there for an extended period of time, but ultimately was able to, uh, where is it now? It has a market cap of $24 billion, and the price is 482 and that's from one dollar. That's how that's how bad it was. Um, at its at its height, the stock was like a, about almost here it is a nine nine hundred. It says and seventy four dollars on April thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine. Spent you know you know an extended period of time in you know under ten dollars in and in the teens, and has made its way all the way back up. Um, what made it turn around, come back, is that um, there was some scale, there were advantages there. And, you know, isn't it funny, Jordan, in life? I, I love these little stories like William Shatner, you know, yeah. um, being able to come in and with his commercials turn around a company. It's, it's almost, it's, it's that companies, on one hand, the answer, it's like people. The answer, yes, can be incredibly complex, but sometimes it's a very basic, simple answer to change around, whether it's a company or your life. Might so what would be an example a of a, a new husband? It might be getting rid of some debt or changing a job, and it seems so complex, but it's just making that one change, and that's what Priceline did by having William Shatner in place, and boom, that company, you know, had hit the ground running since then. So what would be a current example of a fallen angel you would like that's still fallen and you think on its way back? Um, let me see. What would be a great one here? Um, I think, let me use the example of Fortress, okay? We talked about, just a little bit about Janice, Janice Capital Group earlier, but um, I want to spend a little bit of time on, on Fortress, FIG, F-I-G again. Um, the reason is, you know, is that, you know, explain the valuation to you, that it's, it's so incredibly undervalued, but there were some other issues there which I didn't go into. What the catalyst is, 
is something I didn't talk about. Oh, great, it has $2.08 worth of cash. Great, you're not paying for that management fee. But it's a company that has 10-year lockup fees, which means when there's investors in this $44 billion, generally they can't have their money um, for 10 years. Fortress, as a hedge fund, is in the sweet spot of a growing, changing trend towards pension plans which are immensely underfunded rather than overfunded. In 1999, pension funds were overfunded by 130%, and now today they're underfunded by 72% of their obligations. These hedge, these, these pension funds, um, which have value, you know, there's trillions of dollars of pension fund money out there, they need returns of 12 to 20% in order to recover and recoup in time to start paying out um, many of their their pension holders as the baby boomers are retiring. Uh, And and so I'm using this as an example because this was a company that went public at $42, Fortress, in 2007, February of 2007, went all the way down to a dollar, and almost out of business, but has come back. It's at 355. And what's my catalyst? Why does Hillary Kramer believe this is going to be a $10 stock by the end of 2012? Because investment in hedge funds will grow a 20% annualized a year because the pension funds, where the majority of money in this country and globally is parked and allocated, will allocate to hedge funds, private equity funds, and they want to invest in the big funds that have a number of diverse products ranging from private equity to special situation to fixed income to hedge funds. Okay, um, so that's the fall so, so I think that would be an example right. of, you know, that that would be, you know, incredibly, you know, telling and, and explaining of what, you know, we're, we look at, and, and that's, a, you know, that's a true fallen angel. Um, there are some other ones that, you know, have been high flyers that have come down, but they haven't necessarily been, you know, stocks that, that the market has, you know, brought up to $100. But um, one, one example I think it, that's, that's worth it, you know, for us to look at is like Ruth's Hospitality Group. I, if you like steak, you got to like Ruth's. You know, uh-huh. Ruth, Ruth Christ Steakhouse, yes. which is a fascinating mm-hmm. company. Ruth Christ has 63 um, steakhouses and 19 Mitchell's Fish Markets, and uh, it's about 50-50 in terms of company-owned and, and then franchises. You know, it's this iconic steak brand um, that if you look at a chart, you'll see the stock you know, was in the high teens, 20 bucks for years came off in, in 09 like everything else came off, um, you know, had a nice recovery to close to $6, but when are we going to see, you know, a real return? I mean, to me, that's also a fallen angel when you've lost 75% of your value. Well, my answer to you is that, that the economy is coming back enough and there have been enough competitors that have been knocked out of business in the steak business 
um, or that have been acquired, like Morton's at higher valuations. Morton's uh, Steakhouse was acquired in December. And you're going to see Ruth's, which is, you know, has a reputation as a special occasion and corporate business, but also they have kind of a core guest, loyal, loyal customer following, um, and there's real growth there. I mean, there's 7% revenue growth. We're going to see a company like Ruth's come back. They have had six consecutive quarters of revenue gains, seven quarters of traffic gains. That's the right kind of um, a momentum that I'm looking for. So your next chapter is what you call Growing Out of Sight, about how to find undiscovered uh, growth stocks. So again, maybe just briefly kind of go into the process of finding undiscovered growth stocks and maybe one of your favorites in that category now. Okay, the growth stocks are, I want the next Apple. <laughs> I know we all do, but I want the next Apple. I want the next Google. Uh, I want, I want, you know, the, 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 um, the next VMware, you know, where, you know, EMC. Okay, so where do I look? I do a lot of screening and I look for strong growth trajectories. Now, one place um, I have found that is in Israel. Of course, I only buy companies that trade here on the New York Stock Exchange or on NASDAQ. I love Magic Software, M-G-I-C. And again, I'm screening for growth, but I'm also talking to specialists across the board to find out what they like best um, in their particular area and what they like worst. So Magic, M-G-I-C, makes... Um, it's a cloud service provider that takes all sorts of diverse applications that especially um, customer-oriented companies are using for dealing with customers and orders and inventory and accounting um, and ordering, and they are integrating all of these diverse applications into one platform that can be, um, you know, in the cloud. And the cloud is very important. And for anyone who wants to know why the cloud is important, um, it's something that I didn't even personally understand until we moved offices. I've been in the same location uh, for about eight years, and, and, and we, just, we just moved, and I took a new lease, and I had to move my server. And it was so complicated. The cloud is replacing the server. Now, your information is not truly in the cloud, Jordan. It's actually in a big warehouse somewhere where that's using lots of electricity. But um, all of that information is stored for you securely. That was the concern for so long about using the cloud was, well, hey, will it really be secure? Well, i got to tell you, someone can break into your server as easily as they can get into you know, a cloud-based um, program. So um, what Magic does, and they have with with their their software, is bring all of these applications together. They also allow um, information to be accessed on on mobile um, handheld smart devices, and uh, and therefore they save companies money. So Magic MGIC, great example of an undiscovered growth stock. Here's another one, CEE. Uh, -C -E. um, this is an environmental company that provides uh, a cleanup of environmental damage as well as filtration systems uh, for companies. CECE is, is actually a very small company. The market cap, 
is currently $89 million, but you take a look at their list of clients and of their, of their, their growth, air pollution control products as well, and you see that they have customers like DuPont, Boeing, ExxonMobil. It's amazing, actually. Very good. And, okay, we're going to take a break. That's a great growth uh, stock. Okay, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. Uh, she is the author of a new book called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. Uh, her new newsletter is available at GameChangerStocks.com. We'll be back after this. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Hillary Kramer. Uh, she is the author of a new book called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. She runs several newsletters. You can find out more about her at GameChangerStocks.com. Welcome back to the show, Hillary. Oh, Jordan, thank you. One of the uh, techniques you talk about is shopping the bargain bin and getting stocks that are really uh, bargains. How do you find those and maybe give us an example of one of your current bargain bin stocks? Oh, I 
Well, there again, um, uh, very often I run screens. And for anyone who's even a novice investor, if you have an account at Fidelity, for example, you can run screens and look for um, certain metrics that, you know, would show that a company is is inexpensive or that, um, you know, there's a nice growth growth rate there. Matter of fact, in many ways, growth, um, I mean, bar, you know, a cheap stock, um, you want, obviously, you're looking at valuation, but growth is, is still an important, an important aspect to it. Sometimes it's hard, though, to, to actually figure out if a stock is cheap, especially if it's a biotech stock. Um, but if you really look into it or if you're in the medical field, you can, you can look at some comparisons and see where other companies within a particular biotech area, what they've been paid to partner, you know, because that's what biotech companies do today, a lot of partnering. So, um, you know, that's one way to do it. Another, as I have said earlier, you can look at um, P.E. ratios, um, you know, a bargain bin stock, of course, is where you get some real value there. Um, and, and in many ways, I think of a, value, of a bargain bin stock as a stock where, you probably have lower risk as well. Um, one company I would love to mention that's you know one of my favorites, and to me is a is a bargain, but that's because of, of when we run the numbers and we look at growth potential, and we and we put into the model how much we think this company is going to grow because compared to some of its competitors. It doesn't seem cheap, but it's also about what's going on with its competitors. Let me just give you the company. It is Evercore Partners, E-V-R. E as in um, Edgar, V as in Victor, R as in Romeo, Evercore Partners. Evercore is a investment bank and asset manager, so they have two businesses in one. None of the major issues or problems that, that you know, is plaguing um, a Bank of America, for example, they don't they don't have some big CDO or mortgage um, a portfolio to deal with. It's like call it my stealth stock. Um, it's it's a it's a and it's a bargain to me because I think we're going to turn around in two or three years and see this company, um, you know, valued in the multi billion dollars. Let me talk about valuation. The market cap is seven hundred and twenty million dollars. Shares outstanding times the uh, times the price of the stock. Company like Jefferies, another investment bank that doesn't even have doesn't come close on the asset management side, um, is a three billion dollar market cap. A company like Lazard L A Z, which is has peaked the mature small boat. It's a mature investment bank, boutique investment bank, has a three billion dollar market cap. We could see a company like Evercore be tomorrow's Lazard. It's at $719 million now. Could they have a $3 billion market cap within even a year and a half? Absolutely. What is the reason why? Oh, and you get a dividend, too. You have 3%. Evercore has been in the top 50%, has been, had been involved with more than 50% of all mergers and acquisitions in the last 12 months, including... Kinder Morgan acquiring El Paso, um, uh, International Paper acquiring Temple Inland. If you recall, KKR acquired Pfizer's Capsigel um, yeah. unit. What about this? Lubrizol. They were part of the Lubrizol deal. Um, you know, um, so it's not well recognized, you're saying. It's, they're in the middle of everything and they're not well recognized. 
Yeah, and yet no one's really heard of Evercore out there. Now, Evercore is also an asset management, and their CEO is a man, Ralph Schlossstein, even though it was originally founded uh, by Roger Altman, um, who came out of Lehman Brothers and has a lot of connections in the public sector and in Washington. Matter of fact, Evercore is advising the United States Post Office on their strategy, their restructuring, how they can survive. Those are the kinds of um, bread and butter businesses that uh, that's keeping Evercore and you know um, uh, in 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 the money, and yet no one again seems to hear of them. Evercore could be another Goldman Sachs in five years from now, where you turn around and you say, "How could this stock that's tw- that was twenty six? How come I didn't buy it when it was twenty six dollars? This hundred and fifty dollar company, uh, yeah. the the money management business." So Ralph Schlossstein comes out of BlackRock that manages over two and a half trillion dollars. Here's a company, Evercore, which only manages twelve billion dollars. There's some big opportunity here. Um, so that okay. I would I would say is is you know one of my key bargain bin stocks that. Okay, good. I want to get briefly to biotech. We're running out of time here, so just give me a brief idea of why you like biotech so much. Maybe one of your favorite biotech stocks. We have about two minutes. Ariad Pharmaceuticals, A-R-I-A. I love uh, biotech because big pharma needs to make acquisitions. Their patents have gone off a cliff, patent expiration, but yet the big pharmaceutical companies have the marketing reach, distribution, manufacturing, sales force, and so they are buying um the products for tomorrow. So what are they waiting for? They're waiting for companies, you know, to really go into early phase three and have some solid positive results, and they're willing to to pay up. Look at Virus Pharmacet, um, which was $24 when I first looked at it in August of 2010, which was acquired less than 18 months later at the equivalent of $240 after the split. Um, Ariad, I like in particular, um, they have a compound which has had excellent phase three results for soft tissue and bone marrow sarcomas. Um, they've partnered with Merck. Um, they have this other preclinical compound, AP26113, uh, uh, showing tremendous ability and, um, to fight, uh, uh, lung cancer, um, small cell lung cancer. And, this is the next generation um, that we've all been waiting for, really waiting for, which is um, biotech drugs, the drugs that are going to treat cancer by starving the cancer cells and not killing the good cells. Right, in about the minute we have left, Hillary, why don't you just kind of briefly sum up and also give your website about how people can learn about investing in these small stocks and do well for themselves. Uh, you can use your own research Look around everywhere you go, every opportunity that you speak with other people, ask them what they're seeing, what they like, is there a company that's appealing to them. If you talk with anyone in the medical profession, the dental profession, uh, in, in retail, in electronics, uh, in communications, find out what's going on. Keep your ears open and, and your mouth closed and you're going to get lots of information that will make you a lot of money. Um, watch the newspapers. I know people who've made every cent they've ever made from watching the papers. I know we only have a second here, but the greatest short seller of all time, Jim Chanos, um, he's been asked how he knew uh, that Enron was going out of business. How did he pick up on the fraud? He said, oh, I read it in the Wall Street Journal a year before they went under. It was right there. Okay. 
you you good. have the answers yourself. Very good. Okay, terrific. We learned a lot about investing in the small stocks with Hillary Kramer. Uh, her book again is called The Little Book of Big Profits from Small Stocks. Her website is GameChangerStocks.com. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show, Hillary. Thank you for having me, Jordan. And we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.